1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com
0: Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Pivot conversations here because the NBA playoffs are certainly hot and heavy as we speak a couple more games In action last night, Joel Embiid returned. We're going to talk about it all with the editor and writer for basketballnews.com, Spencer Davies, joining us on the hotline. Spencer, always appreciate getting another Spencer to join me on these airwaves, man. Thanks for coming in this morning.
1: Sure thing. Spencer Squared, back and ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always love it. Always a pleasure. Uh, Let's start off with this, because I've been pondering this throughout the postseason. Like, I don't, I, and I know the Suns lost last night, and CP3 maybe didn't play his best game, but why is CP3 at this point in his career, as, as at 37 years old, still getting the LeBron treatment, where no matter what he does, it's just not good enough? I mean, I see people talking and tweeting about how 14 for 14 from the floor just wasn't impressive because, well, do it in the finals. I mean, what the hell does this guy have to do?
1: Uh, well, those are a bunch of Idiots at that point. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Chris is, is honestly somebody that, that we have to grow to appreciate, uh, especially the way that he's performing at this level. Um last night was really the first time he's flinched in these playoffs. Yeah. I mean he had seven seven turnovers in the first half, uh and who knows, you know, maybe he was thinking about it being his birthday or whatever, but um <laughs> second half, you know, he didn't have any miscues whatsoever. He was finding his spot that mid-range shot that we all know he gets to that elbow and it's, it's curtains. Or if he invites somebody out on a switch onto the perimeter, he's going to find a pocket pass to the Andre eight, or he's going to pull up himself, you know, like Chris is just so surgical with the ball in his hands. And he has been his entire career. I don't know if he's played better ball than he has with the Suns, honestly, uh, with his career, even if the, the numbers might not indicate that what he did in new Orleans and what he did, uh, you know, in Oklahoma City, in Houston, all those stops with the Clippers, you know. like, But I think he's playing his best ball now, and he's playing his smartest ball um, that he has the last couple years with Phoenix. And he's doing it uh, as a mentor.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I uh, you alluded to the Clippers years, and I understand, like, there was a phase there where his teams would kind of choke it away, and they couldn't get over that hump. And I understood some of that then. And I do understand people just want to see this guy win a ring, and I think at this point he deserves one. But I just can't. I mean, he's doing everything he can at the age of 37. As impressive as LeBron was so late in his career, you got to admire CP3 for what he's done, and it certainly would not be his fault if they don't get over the hump 100%, because he's doing everything he can. With that said, in that series, sticking with that one for a second, Dallas gets a game last night, bounces back in their first game at home. To me, this kind of just feels like, all right, yeah, you flip to the – the home games now for you and you get that energy boost when you get to go home for a game I, I I kind of feel a gentleman sweep coming here but uh I don't know what say you is this series maybe gonna pan out a little bit differently now that Dallas is, has gotten a little closer
1: I also predicted the gentleman sweep before this series now I think I, I kind of think it might go six okay um the first couple games
0: wait hold on you can't you're saying on the air you're admitting that you're taking back a uh, a prediction. I mean, that's that's bold, Spencer. Everyone I'm ho- a people game. hold you I'm to your takes. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, that's not too bad. I am still sticking with my winner and I'm still sticking with my finals prediction winner and the Suns. But what I'm going to say is this, the first couple of games between Dallas and Phoenix, I don't think there was that much of a difference. Mm. Um as far as like the competition level goes. Yeah, that they obviously toasted Luca in that fourth quarter in game two. Um but, but the the main X factor I think in all of this was Jalen Brunson. And Brunson the first couple games, yeah, he looked like he wasn't himself, but at the same time people gotta realize he was in foul trouble both of those games. Yeah. Especially game one. And and you can't get into a rhythm if you're in foul trouble on offense or on defense. Right off the bat in this game, he came out and scored double figures in the first quarter, set a tone, took it into the defense, you know, burling around with Devin Booker, taking hits, uh, you know, from Chris Paul, whoever was getting in his way on the way to the cup, and then that opened up his, his outside game, which allowed Luca to kind of relax a little bit. And Luca was being so, so smart with the ball. I think he only had five turns, which for him is, is pretty damn good. Um, for the amount of times that he has the ball in his hands. Uh, but he was just utilizing his size and, and backing guys down. Mikel Bridges was having a real tough time with him in the first, first half. Um, you know He was backing down Devin Booker. Uh, I'd like to see Luca with his back to the basket more because that'll conserve some of his energy. And as you see on the box score, he was a plus 20. That's a team high. And he was not a liability on the defensive end unless he was out on the perimeter. But they were able to hide him well. And uh, you got to give kudos to guys like Dorian Smith, and you got to give kudos to guys like Reggie Bullock um, for being there and making not only tight the shots, but also playing the perimeter defense that they did because the Suns were definitely stifled.
0: Talking with Spencer Davies on the hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Spin Davies. We saw also last night the return of Joel Embiid in the 76ers Heat Series. Um, obvious, Pretty obvious that. When he's out there, he just makes the guys around him better because he didn't play his particularly best game, but I mean, you get 17 or sorry, 21 points from Danny Green, 21 points from Tyrese Maxey. Like these guys certainly benefited from him being out on the floor. Um they held the heat also to 35% from the floor shooting. Is his presence enough you think to overcome what is a very deep and very defensive-centric Heat's team?
1: Yeah, I do. Um the heat also are kind of thrown off guard there. You know, he he's listed as out for the last couple of days and then all of a sudden he's upgraded the doubtful and then before you know it he's on the floor uh and wearing the, that mask as we know. Uh I think that this is a game where you see the the impact that Joel Embiid brings on the defensive side of the floor. Joel Embiid held the heat to 4 of 17 from the floor when he was on there. Had, that was his defensive impact for guys that he guarded, 4 of 17. So you can already see what his rim protection brings. Um, having the size there, uh, you're obviously shifting some, some guys up. Um, on the offensive end, that's somebody you have to worry about. Uh, as you see that, you know, he still had the, the, the concussion symptoms and whatnot coming into the game, but he is fine on his legs. He was really revved up in that first half. You could tell that he has the same footwork. He's got the same agility getting in there. Um, and I think it took a lot of pressure off of guys like Maxie and James Harden. Because I thought James Harden had his best game in the series. Yeah. He didn't have like, the, the, the prettiest stat line, per se. And that's not who James Harden's going to be from now on. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. But I thought he took care of the basketball. thought he got to the rim. I thought he... Got to his spots and was able to find shooters like like Danny Green, and then you have Tyrese Maxey, the other part of the puzzle, um, who one hits timely shots, but two is just a blur. He can get to the rack, and he's also making these very very important plays uh, in the fourth quarter uh, as the you know the Sixers were able to you know kind of create a lot of separation because the Heat they made a run in the third. the The Sixers were up by as much as fourteen in the third, and then the Heat tied it up. Before the fourth, and Jimmy Butler had a fantastic game. Nobody else could get anything going. I mean, Tyler Hero uh, really had a tough time um, on that in that game. I think uh, you know, having Danny Green score the 21 that he did and knocking down five six threes, whatever it was, uh, you know, obviously shows his veteran presence. But um, and, you know, it was just a you know kind of uncharacteristic game for the Heat. Kyle Lowry, he took four shots and didn't have a point on the board. It was a very very weird kind of performance for him, and then you know Bam's obviously got to adjust to playing against Joel Embiid instead yeah. of DeAndre Horton uh, and and obviously uh, you know Paul Reed, but um, that one I think could be closer than you know a lot of these series just because if you have a, a decently healthy uh, Joel Embiid who knows what he's doing, he's crashing the glass, rejecting shots. Uh, that's just a whole different ball game. And the Heat are going to have to find some supplementary scoring, which I think that they can find. I don't have any concern about the Heat. I still think they're going to win the series. Uh, but Joel Embiid absolutely is a huge X factor. Yeah,
0: I would love if that series went seven. But, yeah, that Heat team is so, so deep. Spencer Davies joining us on the North set Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. A few more minutes here. Um, are the The Warriors are kind of giving us all here in Cleveland nightmares thinking back to those 2015 through 2018 years where they would just Beat obviously other than 2016 when the Cavs got the better of them, but the other years around that where the Cavs just could not beat them, the shooting was just too damn good. With all that in mind, are that I, a lot of people think they're the team to beat? Do you agree? Are they the team to beat right now in the postseason?
1: Nope, it's still the Suns for me. It's still Ooh, the Suns for me. I like agree. That is that is no slight to the Warriors because their offense is running like a machine again. Yeah, it always helps when you find uh you know a Steph Curry clone in his younger years, and Jordan Poole's really been that. <laughs> yeah. uh, the way that he's moving off the ball, the way that he's playmaking with the ball in his hands. I mean, Draymond Green and, and Steve Kerr have said as much that he is showing characteristics of what a young Steph Curry was. And that should scare the bejesus out of everybody. Uh, not to mention you have a really, really young athletic uh, and developing young cat on the, the bench, Jonathan Kuminga, uh, who could prolong that you know, kind of that, that you know dynasty, dynasty and that type of uh, franchise that they've had. Moses Moody obviously hasn't playing in this series, and he's a rookie too. But just thinking about all the young talent, James Wiseman, um, those guys are all just kind of sitting and watching while, you know, Steph Curry and, you know, Draymond and, you know, Clay, they're all doing the, the thing that they've been doing for the last, you know, better part of the seven, eight years that they've played. Um, but I, I don't think that they're the team to beat. I love this series just because of how, one, I think there's a lot of bad blood now. Obviously, yeah. you know, with the, the Dylan Brooks flagrant, he's suspended for game three. Gary Payton, unfortunately, is out for, you know, somewhere between a month and a month and a half. And that's just devastating to see because, you know, he was having the playoffs of his life and making a huge difference uh, on the floor. And he's been scratching and clawing, like, like Steve Kerr was saying. But um, I've loved this series just because it's so, it's so fast-paced. And it's just energetic and there's just a lot of there was a lot of F talking, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it.
0: <laughs> You're spot on that, that's that that's the series that I think gives us the for the NBA like the best sports theater right now. So I, I'm all in on that one as well. Let me get you out of here with this. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask at least one Cavs question. What do you think is the most important move for the Cavs to make this offseason? Is it re signing somebody? Is it signing a, is bringing in a new player to maybe fill that two hole? What what is what is the biggest or most important rather move that the Cavs should need to make this offseason?
1: Take care in house. You know you want to obviously get Darius Garland taken care of, um, and you want to bring back Colin Sexton on a some sort of deal. I'm not sure whether it's going to be a prove a deal or whether it's going to be something that's long term. But I think that that would be really important um, as far as supplementary moves go. Uh, it's the old adage, the obvious thing that we've been saying for the last three years of this team, you'll find, you'll find a wing that can shoot and can play defense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about that easy. You know, I don't know if they do that to the draft. I don't know if they use their draft pick. We'll see what happens. Um, Kobe Altman said, at, you know, his end of year press conference that, you know, it's never a bad thing to bring in more talent to evaluate. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it's a lot easier when, you know, your core is on rookie based contracts. Uh, but I don't know if they need another, you know, young guy in there per se. Um, I would just get someone who's either in the primary career or, you know, like not too old, but someone who can still, you know, contribute and uh, be a veteran and, and shoot the dang ball and also be able to, uh, you know, lock up when, when time permits. And I will say this too before before we get out of here. Uh, Bucks and um, Celtics game three. I, I think this one goes to Milwaukee. I love the, the job that uh, – boston did coming out of the gate game two and punching him in the mouth i think that was really good um but you know i feel like this is going to be a you know a 10 round bout i got this one going seven
0: all right there you have it from spencer davies editor and writer for basketball news.com follow him on twitter at spin davies always appreciate when i can have another spencer on the show man appreciate the time we'll talk again soon
1: all right spence take care
0: spencer davies